0: On today's broadcast, Bishop Clark uses the 80th division of Psalms, verses 14 through 19, as the backdrop scripture for part one of the message, Revive, part two. I'm dealing with
1: a part of this series called Revive. Before I deal with that and move forward, I want to go over, uh, it's not even a part of my notes, but I want to go over to uh, the book of Psalm and look close at uh, Psalm 81. That's Psalm 81. Let's look at Psalm 81. And verse 1. And I want them to put that on the screen if we can. And then we'll go back to Psalm 80. I want to show you something that I think is pertinent about Joseph. Psalm 81, I want to get it myself and I want to read it in your hearing. It says, sing aloud, glory to God, I'm in the King James, sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a song and bring unto him a timbrel. The pleasant harp with psalmistry, Blow up the trumpet in the new moon. in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. Look where it starts. For this was a statute for Israel. A law. Glory to God. I love this. This was a statute, the scripture says, for Israel, the law of God, of Jacob. This he ordained, I want you to see this, in Joseph, for a testimony. When he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I couldn't understand not. I, I heard a language that I could not understand, that I understood not. Amen. And what it appears to be is that Joseph, when he became the governor of Egypt, he established a statue. And that is because of his authority at the new moon, he was in a heathen nation, a nation that didn't know anything about God, but because of his authority and because of what Pharaoh uh, pronounced over him, Zafnath, zaphnath Paneah, which is interpreted savior that no one could lift their head or their heel unless he gave them the right to do so. He chose to take his chariot, instead of um, succumbing or integrating himself, assimilating with the nature and the culture of his time, he decided to give God praise. And he decided to take a horn and blow it while on that chariot riding through the land, which caused everyone to bow. They didn't even know that they were giving honor to God. They were used to worshiping crocodiles and frogs and and beasts. Joseph took that opportunity and established a statue that at the new moon, when there's a full moon, he would ride through the land and blow his horn. God looked at his and honored him so much so that he created a statue in Israel for the blowing of the trumpet. And I just wanted to say that revival is so important. Joseph knew that even for heathen nation, there's some things that you just can't have until you bow to God. And he established that. And I just want to say to all of you all that are growing up in this uh, society, those of you that are being challenged with what the society is telling you and trying to integrate your life with the knowledge of this time, I want you to understand that you don't have to bow to what the world is bowing to. You can be in a strange land, even the language that you don't understand or they don't understand your language. You can still honor and give praise unto God. So let's go back to uh, our text. That's Psalm 80. And I want to share some thoughts with you today on revive. This is part two of that message. Revive is another word. Another word for revive is to return. I want to call you back. Holy Ghost is calling us back to our first love, return to your first love, Um, and when you do, you're going to see that God will stir up some things for you. There is a need for revitalization. Um, Whenever the love of God's people grows cold, God is calling us back to revival. So consider the symptoms of cold love and its needs. Well, complacency is a symptom of cold love. Self-satisfaction is a symptom of cold love. A lack of concern for the loss when there's no passion for those who are in the streets right now. I heard there's a colony of children that are living in Wickham Park. They don't have homes and parents are, they have to live in the woods in 10 cities right here in our region. There's some way that this church needs to reach these people. We need to reach out to these people, and it's getting cold. Some way we may need to buy blankets and take them out there, or to take soup out there. But some way, somehow, we need to be concerned about those who may not have shelter. When we hide or cover our weaknesses, our sins, our fallacies, our flaws, our dimness, maybe we're We're lacking, it's a symptom of cold love. When we hide our weaknesses and won't bring them before the Lord. Holding on to animosity is another symptom. Another symptom of love growing cold. Having an unforgiving heart is another symptom of love being cold. The Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Pride is a symptom, arrogance is a symptom, conceit, being conceited, even engaging in much vanity. Things that just won't measure up, it won't yield any profit. If you find yourself tied to these things, then maybe the love is waxing cold. Any condition of spiritual standing where we're less than we were, when we're less than we were at one time, Or we're backslidden from where we were. We need God's reviving power. It is time to be revived, church. Let this be your prayer. When we look at Psalm uh, 119, I believe. Psalm 119. And verse 25. It says, my soul cleaves to the dust, but revive me according to your word. Let this be your prayer. When your soul cleaves to the dust, dust storms, dusty frames, dusty issues, the prayer is, Lord, revive me according to your word. Psalm 37. Here's another one. Revive me according to your way. Psalm 37, 119 and 37. Revive me according to your way. Hopefully they'll have it on the screen and flow with me. Psalm 119 and 37. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity. Revive me according to your ways but you got to turn away from vanity again when vanity things that just won't measure up getting involved in stuff that won't ever bring or yield life when we turn away from it turn our eye away from it turn our attention away from it turn our focus away from it then we can ask God to revive us according to our ways notice revival requires a forsaking of one thing so you can embrace another you cannot have vanity and revival. Verse 40 of the same chapter. Verse 40 of the same chapter Psalm 119 and 40. The scripture says revive me in your righteousness. So as we live and think about right wiseness, you can expect revival to take place. God is not interested in getting us to breathe and we go back into the things that we used to be and in, into our old ways. I think the Lord just had me to just prompt me to, to call for the destruction of the old man. It needs to be destroyed. That the new man can live. This is why the scripture says we're buried with Christ. Think about that. Buried with him. That means whatever whatever frame we had before we were buried with him has to die. You're buried after you die. So we need to call for the destruction of the old man. It's demise. It would have no more power or dominion in our lives. That the new man would rise. Revive me in your righteousness. Same chapter, verse 41. Psalm 119 is replete with reviving texts. Verse 41 of Psalm 119. Here it is may your loving kindness also come to me O lord when he revives us according to his righteousness then loving kindness we want people to love us but they have never been revived according to the righteousness stop seeking for love in relationships that has no right wiseness (laughs) i was listening to kanye west this morning just talking i guess he did a uh, a, a religious city and he's around selling it to churches and doing things and churches are jumping on it and bringing him in because it's attracting young people and some of his views are off. He was just cussing like a sailor this morning and uh, nobody's talking to him about if you're a Christian then maybe you want to watch your language, right? Maybe you shouldn't exploit women. Right? Not just for Kanye. He knows better. His mom, if she could be resurrected, she'd be losing her mind. She was a believer. But again, we need to be revived according to God's righteousness, not our own. The Bible says when you're ignorant of God's righteousness, you will establish your own righteousness. So if you don't know God's righteousness, you will say, I'm right because I know this totally off. You're not. We cannot declare ourselves righteous. Only the priest can. (laughs) Only the priest can say you're righteous. (laughs) We will establish righteousness in our own eyes. Being being ignorant of God's righteousness. They went about establishing their own righteousness. And they were ignorant. (laughs) Glory to God. It's right there in the word of God. But we want to make sure that we're revived according to his righteousness. And then love. Loving kindness will follow. Glory to God. And the last verse in Psalm 119 is 48. I will lift my hands toward your commandments. When I love, I will meditate on your statutes. Which I love, I will meditate on your statutes. That to me is amazing. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments. Now, there's a time when we don't need to just praise God, but we need to lift our hands and direct our praise toward the word that he's given us. Yeah. I never saw that before, but you can actually give God glory for the word that he gave you, for the commandment of the Lord. Put it back up. I will lift up my hand toward your commandments. My praise is directed toward your word. Amen. How many of you know the word of God is synonymous with Jesus himself? Yeah. Because the word is made flesh, the word of God. Think about God being a person. And when he speaks that word in the invisible, the audible, the vibration becomes a person that walks. Jesus is that vibration and that person, the, the express image of the father walking in the earth. The word of God then we can we can lift our praise lift our hands toward the commandment or the engrafted logos the logos which is made rhema to us which I love hallelujah fall in love with God's word and not just with Jesus in worship but fall in love with the commandment of God hallelujah when we do that the scripture says and I will meditate on on that, Usually we meditate on the things that we love. So God says fall in love with my word and you'll meditate on the word, not on a rap lyric, but on the word. If you put your confidence in what the word is saying, like we put our confidence in other things, you will see the word explode in your soul. How much time do we spend in doing things what we call vanity, 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 when we can put our confidence in the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. I was listening to the daughter of uh, the late Elijah Cummins. And in her sayings, as they were eulogizing their father, in her sayings, she quoted something from Eminem. You only got one shot. I said, I said, I said that girl, she's millennial. That girl understands this is exactly how I move. I may stand in a religious setting. I'm not trying to desecrate the house of God, but there's a language that they don't understand and that is the kingdom language what i'll do is i'll lace something with the lyric that you understand to pull you back into the word of god so even if it's tupac or if it's uh elijah cummings or if it's uh, kanye west i may take something like that share it with you not for you to go after them but for you to understand what jesus is saying Tupac said, I want, he said, he said, God has sent his only begotten, his only son to show you the ways and the wilds. Come to me, follow me, flesh of my flesh. Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus, right? And millions started following who? Tupac. But what you need to understand, he was reading the text. He was reading the text. He said, come to. He said, God has sent his son. In other words, just like he sent Jesus, he sent me to you all to show you the wiles and the ways. Come to me. Follow me. Flesh of my flesh. Now, Because you had no you didn't know the word. You say, whoa. But because I know the word, I know he laced that so he can attract people to him. And all I'm saying to you is he was very effective. We don't follow him when we follow the Lord. You don't even necessarily, you follow me as I follow who? Christ. Amen. You follow me. I don't care how much revelation I got. You only follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. That doesn't mean you don't. You can't follow me if you see that I'm flawed. What you see, if there's no pattern here, you see I'm trying to go after Jesus, I'm teaching the word. You should follow that. Can the church say amen? amen. There's not a person in this world that don't have flaws. And when you stand here, everybody will see it stand in the light, you can see every flaw that I have. You stand here. I give you the mic. See how many people will gather after they start seeing that you have cuts and issues going on in your life. So we're not looking at flaws. What we're trying to say is we all need to be revived. Can the church say amen? amen. The Greek translation for revive is to live or to cause to live. To cause to live. And there is a restoration of life that is taking place. I want to draw your attention to Genesis. And I'm almost done here. Genesis chapter 45 and verse 25. Let's take a moment and look at Joseph and his father. We know that Joseph, very powerful. Joseph came out of the dungeons in one hour. He ascended out of the dungeons into the, into the presence of Pharaoh and was changed from a pomper to a prince. a Prince of Egypt. Not only a prince, but the governor. And I love to say this name because it was given to him by Pharaoh. Zoph-Nath-Paneah. Say that. Zoph-Nath. Okay, Zoph. Zoph-Nath. nath That's how it's pronounced. zoph nath Right. <laughs> Pharaoh looked at this guy and said, is there anyone in, in, in Egypt? After he interpreted his dreams, that has the spirit of God in him like this man? Absolutely, absolutely not. Your name shall now be called Zathnath-Paneah, which means savior. Not only did he interpret the dreams, he told Pharaoh that his two dreams were one and the same. That God had shown Pharaoh what he, wanted, what he was about to do. That there were going to be seven years of plenty. And then seven years of such famine that it will cause the plenty of years to look like they never, ever existed. But this is what you need to do. Set a wise man over this business and let them take up 20 percent of the grain during the years of plenty and store it. That you'll have food in the seven years of famine. And it pleased Pharaoh. And that's why he changed his name. Then he went on and said, I want you to be over my house. The only person that will have more authority in the entire land is me. You're over my house. You're over all the princes. You're over all the musicians. You're over all all of the, the chanters. You're over every priest. You're over all of the government officials. You're over everything in the land. I'm giving that to you. He did it in one hour. This is history. Now, Joseph is in the position of a type of father. His brothers come to Egypt, the scripture says, to seek for grain. He tantalizes the boys. He's uh, the 11th of uh, the sons, the 11th in terms of of age, but he's more powerful than them all. He could have wiped them all out. But he says, you meant it for evil. You sold me into slavery for evil, but I'm not going to hold it against you. For all of us that got hurt in our family, we need to get over that. Father hurt you, I understand, but we need to get beyond it. Mother hurt us, but we need to get beyond it. Your health, your healing, your deliverance is tied to your ability to get over the pain. Joseph said, I'm too young to walk around here with these scars in my life. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I'm not going to hold it against you any longer. Come closer to me. Read it in the text. Come and handle me. Touch me. He didn't push him away and say, I'm the governor. Stay there. You know, you can't come through the door. I want you to come closer to me. And I want you to go and bring our father back. And I have asked Pharaoh for the land of Goshen. And he has given it to me. And I'm going to provide for you all. I'm going to nourish you all in Goshen. All of you. Your flocks. Your wives. Your children. Your descendants. All of your wealth. And I want you to take this particular cart to my father. And I want him to ride in it coming back. He doesn't have the walk. He's going to ride in a car. Now I want you to see that now. Look at grace. Look at grace. Look at how God has a way of assembling things. We try to work it out in our strength and in our likeness and what we can do. And God says you can't handle. You, you can't even measure up to what I want to do in your family. I can bring the entire family back together. I can have them hoisted. I can have everything working together if you learn how to follow me first and there's some people in this room and somebody's watching having some major family issues but I just decree and declare you need to let go and let God you need to let God be God you need to let God bring your daddy back you need to let God bring your brothers and your sisters back you need to let the grace of God work in your life very special you need to let God breathe on you again hallelujah and revive what the enemy is trying to snatch out of you verse 25 is Powerful here. The Bible says so when they went out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him Joseph is still alive. Notice it, they said it like this. Joseph is still alive. In fact he is ruler of all Egypt. But look how Jacob responded. Jacob said the scripture he was stunned. He did not believe them they gave him good news but he didn't believe them you know why because he was still grieving and grief and i don't want to get ahead of myself grief has a way of hindering good news hallelujah the gospel can come to you and slap you aside the face and you won't even have the ability to access it because you're still grieving over what you lost look at verse 27 but when they told him everything joseph had said to them And when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, look at the word, the spirit of their father, Jacob, what?
0: Revived. You're invited to join Bishop Merton Clark, Pastor Sabrina Clark, and the entire Trim Nation family for our Christmas Celebration Weekend 2019. On Saturday, December 21st at 3 p.m., the Christian Education Department will present the best Christmas present. This presentation features the kids of Trim Nation as they celebrate their way, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Then on Sunday morning, for both services, Join the Music and Arts Ministry for Come and Behold Him, a nativity worship encounter. This will be a worship experience like none other. For both services, the Music and Dance Ministry will lead Trim Nation through a journey of worship and praise that will encourage you to experience a personal encounter that will impact your life well into the future. Bishop Merton Clark, Pastor Sabrina Clark, and the entire Trim Nation family invites you to our Christmas Celebration Weekend 2019. Saturday, December 21st at 3 p.m. with the Trim Nation Kids for the best Christmas present and Sunday, December 22nd at our 8 and 11 a.m. services with the Trim Worship and Arts Ministry for Come and Behold Him, a Nativity Worship Encounter. The entire celebration weekend is free and will be held on the ministry campus of Truth Revealed, 2838 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay,
1: Florida.
0: If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at the Word of Truth Revealed P.O. Box 60128 Palm Bay, Florida 32906 Or you can email us at Truth At TruthRevealed.org You can also visit us on the web At www.TruthRevealed.org If you're on Facebook Visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page And click like from time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2526. That's reference number 2526. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, Final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said,
1: I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability, but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God loves you. And so do I. I want you to be encouraged. Lift up your head. And let the King of Glory come in. Who is this King? He's our Lord. Our Savior. He's mighty and strong. And he's mighty to fight. In every battle that you're facing. Until next time. God bless you and keep you is my prayer.